Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. April is the month of the military child. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Chloe Rayer. She is a college student, currently studying American Sign Language, and is a military child turned young adult. Uh, Chloe, welcome to Behind the Warrior. I'm very excited to have you on today. Um, can you tell me a little about yourself and, and your hometown? Hi, and thank you for having me. My name is Chloe Rare, as Sherry has said, and I am from a hometown near Hershey. It's very small, so nobody will probably know it, and that's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. But there are lots of farms and chocolate by nature. Having a huge chocolate factory means lots and lots of, lots of delicious desserts that not always the healthy healthiest for you. <laughs> That's pretty much it. There's not a lot going on in Hershey, Pennsylvania, besides chocolate and farms. Okay. Well, cool. That sounds sounds like a good combination, though. A nice place to grow up. Um, well, Chloe, as I said earlier, April is the month of the military child. And you, along with so many children and young adults, fall in the same category of being recognized this month. Um, both of your parents served in the military, and what is your earliest recollection of having your parents serve? I think some of my earliest recollections would be unit gatherings for both of my parents' units, Um, but my father's unit was one that we were particularly closer to, Um, and so we had a lot of gatherings there, and there were a lot more children in his unit. So there were several events like Halloween where the spouses would put on activities and such for us kids to do. So it was really good to help us all bond and just have a nice stress-relieving time, you know, when we're all connected by something that's rather high stress. Right. Well, did you feel did you feel like you had an extended family during that time? Yes, definitely. Um, because of that constant, the constant gatherings and just being around each other. Because it's it's your parents' work. We all kind of bonded and um, <clears throat> excuse me, got that time to really connect and just be together. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and and have some fun and and lean on one another, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, Chloe, your experience as a military child is certainly unique to you. However, one common link is that you that you may have to others is that your dad, an Army EOD technician, was injured while serving in combat. Um, you shared with me that you spent many months at Walter Reed with your mom and your dad while he received care and his rehabilitation and, and recovered from his injuries. Um, do you remember how old you were when that happened? Yeah, my math before was a little bit off. He was injured in December of 2006, so I would have been five at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And that experience was very interesting being that young and 
being in the middle of all that. I can't imagine, you know, just from being a child, I think there's a level of innocence that happens with that and maybe not knowing um, the seriousness of your father's injuries was probably a good thing at that point. But um, also, um, I understand that you are very curious by nature and actually ended up learning a lot while you were there. Yeah, a lot of my curiosity was piqued by the medical aspect of everything because I wanted to know what was going on with him so I could know that he was okay. And obviously others that became friends, that was something else that I was interested in too, to see their slightly different situations or very different situations. I remember um, my mom saying that I was walking with her somewhere one time and I hadn't seen an an amputee at that point in time. Um, and once this man who was an amputee walked by, I whispered to her, Mom, where is his leg? <laughs> and she remembered suddenly she hadn't told me about that particular medical situation. She's like, well, that part of him is elsewhere right now because of similar injuries to dad. And so I, I also got exposure to things that helped me understand so many different situations and just kind of be empathetic and open-minded to pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, I can't, you know, and seeing, seeing everything from the eyes of a five-year-old um, is a very different perspective altogether. Um, just when you think about where you are as far as eye level is concerned, where you are when you're sitting in a chair and the doctors are coming in and out, and um, I, I can only imagine uh, that it's just very, maybe maybe sometimes a little overwhelming, but also very interesting and would absolutely spark, you know, a lot of questions. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Um, well, how is your dad doing now? How is how is he? Um, he went from being in a wheelchair with a um, X fix with all those halos and things and mm -hmm. such around his leg to crutches, and now he is pretty much just off of everything. He's able to walk around on his own, and the only thing is his ankles a little different than what it used to be so he's not walking quite the same but he's very happy that he's been able to keep his leg he's had that opportunity and that's thanks to a lot of the the medical staff that did wondrous things and they did some slightly experimental things to see if it would work and it and it did so yeah that's fantastic um and we're we're absolutely you know so glad that that he's doing well Thank you. Yeah, you you spoke about something in our in our pre call, and I wanted to circle back to it, Chloe, because I, again, you know, from a perspective of a five year old, I'll go back to that scenario. But, um, you know, you talked to me about your mom being like a taskmaster, and you know, there were so many challenges at that particular time, and she really did a wonderful job holding it all together. And I know you have a lot of admiration for her because I could hear it in your voice. And do you have anything that you witnessed in her strength that has carried you forward into adulthood? Um, 
is always very patient and considerate, even if the situation was not considerate for our lives. It was very, uh, you know, disruptive, obviously, and scary and upsetting at times, but she was pretty tough, I would say, through it all. Um, And if she had frustrations, she really wouldn't take them out on others, like doctors or whoever. Um, She would, she would, though, address them tactfully and, uh, and assertively so that things would get done still. She didn't just let things blow over either. So I think she found a really good middle ground to make sure that things got done and to make sure that everybody was considered and obviously those who were in the most compromised states that the best was happening for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I definitely try to think about moving forward um, and the perseverance is also something that like I think I've definitely carried through in high school and I'm trying to carry through in college now um, and will hopefully gain more of that and just learn more from her as I go along to bring more into my future career as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all very important values and, uh, you know, what a great role model to have in your life. Um, do you feel that having both of your parents serve in the military, has that shaped you in any way, Chloe? I think it has because they both have some very similar core values. Um, And there's just so many things that I think are unique to people who join the military that can really give a strong foundation morally to children I know one thing that's a little different is though both of my parents have served is that my mom, um, she ended up retiring to help take care of my dad more. So it was more of a focus on my dad's service later on, but I definitely saw effects from both of them because they both talk to, you know, colleagues in such the same way and have those same connections. And I would say my mom's even a little bit more outgoing. So she got to really rope in those people into my life, even though she hadn't seen them in years and they would all sit down and have lunch, dinner, whatever, like nothing was different from what it was when they were serving together. So that sense of connection and family is a big part of my life because of both of them, especially her with that outgoing nature and everything. Um, Well, during your time at Walter Reed, um, you mentioned that there were many times when celebrities would come to visit and you actually got to meet Justin Timberlake, which is pretty awesome. And um, (laughs) tell me about that experience. And then I have a follow on question for you. Well, I was actually reminded when I was talking with my parents about that, that there were some other people that I recognized, like um, Larry the Cable Guy and uh, <laughs> Danny Trejo, who also came to the hotel that housed a lot of warriors and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, being five, year old, five years old at that time, Larry the Cable Guy was major in cars, and Danny Trejo was in... Um, 
spy kids as the uncle. So those people, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, those people were definitely people I recognized and got excited to meet and whatnot. And so very thankful to anybody who came and visited because I think that really helped the stamina um, for the families and the warriors themselves. But there are definitely some that kind of stuck out because of some of their amazing abilities to interact mm-hmm. um, with warriors and their support, their continued support, like Gary Sweet, um, who in 2004, my father met uh, when he was on a mission um, with some other EOD, and they were working this 4th of July event, and the president was going to be there, which is why they were present. And Gary Sinise was the host of that event. Um, and then the Secret Service was also there clearing out people so that um, the EOD could do their sweeps. But when all the EOD techs were lined up backstage, Gary Sinise started walking by them and just started giving a general thanks um, and while he was giving that general thanks, he mentioned that they were Secret Service. When one of them corrected him, he stopped, went all the way back to the beginning of the line, and went through and um, shook all of their hands mm-hmm. and thanked each and every one of them for their service to the country. And then years later, in 2007, I think it actually was, um, he came to the hospital who was just wounded, and when he said, it was nice to meet my father, He, my father brought up that they had met before at uh, 4th of July um, event, and then Gary Sinise went, oh, yeah, you know, March 13, 2004, I remember you. And my dad was taken back because he was like, I would think that that was more exciting um, for me than for him and would stand out in my memory more than his, but... He was a very down-to-earth guy, it seems like. And he also uh, presented my dad with a Lieutenant Dan Band coin and <laughs> just hung out with the family for a while. That's really cool. Um, you know, Gary Sinise is somebody that shows up for people, and I, I love that. And um, what, a, what a great memory you have. And your dad does, too. That's pretty awesome. Um, well, thank you for sharing uh, the story about your experience there um, with your mom and dad um, at Walter Reed when, when your father was injured and um, just some of the, the things that you observed and, and everything, Chloe. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, well, you are currently a college student. Um, tell us where you're going to school and... Tell us about your major of American um, Sign Language. I'm currently going to Bloomsburg University of Pennsylvania, and I am majoring in ASL slash English interpreting, um, but I'm also minoring in linguistics. My current goal with that major is to absorb as much knowledge as I can right now to prepare me for my future career in interpreting, which my goal is to the reason I want to be an interpreter for the deaf is to bridge the communication gap between the hearing world that is so predominant and those who are deaf and hard of hearing, which is a very low incidence, quote unquote, disability. Um, but after graduation, I believe that I'll 
start my interpreting out in the educational field to help get some foundation set up there. Um, and I'm very interested in working with children because they are one of the they're one of the most effective if they are born deaf and hard of hearing um, because they don't necessarily have access to language and they can even be language deprived, which has a lot of severe effects down the road for them. So I think it would be an honor to be somebody that can help bridge that gap that they're, they're struggling with. Um, and then ultimately it would be, also great if I could do concert interpreting because music has always been something that I've loved and to bring music and its joy to those who don't usually have the opportunity to access it would also be an honor. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you are destined to do great things, Chloe Rayer, and, um, you know, very, uh, very proud of your efforts and just, uh, your determination to want to help others. And I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, bridging the gap of communication. Um, even in a um, hearing world, <laughs> sometimes that's a real struggle, you know, for people who, who yeah. don't have the challenge of, of being deaf. But, um, you know, what a gift you're going to be able to give to people. And uh, thank you for that. Thanks for, thanks for, you know, choosing something that's bigger than yourself. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I know that you are very swamped with schoolwork, and you work also. And are you working part-time? Is that what you do? Um, right now, I'm on an educational leave, but during the summer, I'm going to be part-time um, working and part-time school. Okay, cool. Is your job... Uh, in any way um, associated with your major, or is this just to earn money and and put some put some dollars in your pocket? <laughs> um, mostly the second one yeah. <laughs> because it's definitely a struggle to uh, pay for things. But I think I find lessons in my job as well uh-huh. that help me understand others. Because it's a customer service job, so that's definitely beneficial to my future, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, where where are you in your major right now? I'm a freshman in my second semester. Okay. All right. Good. That's awesome. Um, well, when you do have free time, which I, I know is far and few between, but what, what do you like to do in your free time? Um. I think because ASL and deaf culture is something that interests me so much that I do spend a lot of my free time continuing to learn more about both. But when it's absolutely not about either of those things, it's usually something to do with music or making art. Um, So those are two big parts of my downtime. And then another thing that my dad and I picked up while he was stationed in New Jersey was archery. And we've been talking about getting back into that again, because it's been a little while since Mm -hmm. we've gone to a sports club regularly to do that. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. Um, Okay. There was something I was going to ask. Oh, I know. Um, You mentioned that you've always enjoyed, you know, theater, music, all of those things. And, um, 
A friend recently introduced you to painting, which also encourages your creative side. Uh, tell us about that and tell us how that has encouraged you to uh, to maybe think outside the box as far as creativity is concerned. Yeah, um, my best friend, Asia really helped me out in high school because I was not very confident in my creative abilities for the longest time because I just seemed, I seem to be stuck on the fact that I could never get my art to look like what I pictured. And Asia really helped me kind of let go of that and just see that if you practice and just let yourself play with materials, you'll naturally improve. But also by doing that, you're offering yourself that room um, to express. And that kind of helped me make peace with the imperfections that were in my art and also love them anyway because it's something that I was proud of making because I just let go of all those those um negativity, all that negativity and mm-hmm. and such and just let myself be in the moment. Um so I think that oddly transfers to a lot of things in my life where it just kind of allows me to be and allows me to let go of things that are just gonna wear weigh me down when I can um do something more positive with things what I have. Right. Right. And you know we're um, I think perfection is something that we have a tendency to get hung up on. And I had a friend tell me a long time ago, and actually she's a counselor, but she would always say, um, think about excellence, not perfection. And I had to really think about that because I think we put a lot of pressures on our, pressure on ourselves, especially I would say, um, you know, children and young adults who are trying to find their way in reference to choosing what they're going to do as far as education is concerned or a job or vocational school or what the future looks like. And sometimes there's there's a whole lot of beauty in imperfection. So um, finding that is really cool. And I'm, I'm glad that sh- I'm so glad that your friend, um, you know, encouraged you in that way to just explore and and just put it out there. And it is a very freeing, freeing sort of feeling. So that's, that's really cool. Do you have any paintings that you're especially proud of or, or that mean a lot to you? Um, I think a lot of the ones that I find joy in just looking at when I look at them now that they're finished are kind of abstract, actually. Um, they just are the flow of the paint and how it just happened and how it was and that it's captured. But a lot of mine are kind of inspired by Bob Ross, <laughs> <laughs> actually. So there are a lot of trees in them, um, and they are kind of put in the abstract perspective, too, but it's, it's all very colorful as well. So I think it's... It's kind of a good representation of myself. I'm abstract but colorful. Cool. Cool. I like that. That's that's awesome. Um, well, I hope that you continue um, with, with your creative side in painting or whatever that may be, Chloe, for you to have a break and maybe hit the reset button occasionally because I understand that school 
and wanting to achieve goals and working really, really hard to get the best grades that you can requires an incredible amount of work. And uh, just stick with it. But, you know, take time for yourself, too. It's, it's very important that, you know, even young adults, children have a little bit of a break from a constant inundation of work and school. So um, just, just some, I don't know maybe mother hen kind of thing there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, when we talked on our pre-call, we had a great discussion um, that was really surrounded around, you know, like the month of the military child, but also your... um, your desire to bring awareness to mental health and the challenges with that. And I, I think oftentimes um, we have a tendency to kind of downplay our life experiences, um, whether they're, whether they're good or bad. And would you agree that military children have much more in common than not? think so it's very it's very common that most military children are going to have to adapt and change to things that are changed on the fly because of something to do with military service um, that their parents have to do you know that it's their their duty to do whether that's moving across the country multiple times in one year um, to go to different stations that need them more than others or being deployed. Um, I think something I've been lucky not to experience has been those things because <laughs> lucky but not lucky because when my dad got injured, I was so young and he had only been deployed a couple times when I was born. So I don't really remember those mm-hmm. so much as some of the people out of that we know through um, his colleagues and their children, they have had to go months and years, um, you know, altogether years without their, one of their parents or some of their parents have also been both serving in the military. So they kind of switch off and it's got to be very tough. So that absence um, and lack of time with their parents is probably something that we all have in common mm-hmm. and or it, with people who have been with parents who have been injured like mine, um, not having the ability to do certain activities anymore. That, I think, was something for me that I could notice. You know, Dad couldn't play basketball with me anymore. You know, he's in a wheelchair, but he's still Dad. But there's still that kind of mourning of things, even when you're that young, that you experience because they can't do that anymore. But ultimately, it. I think everybody who has their parents is very happy to have them and very thankful to those who have helped them stay here and stay healthy. Um, and I, I really am grateful for those who have helped that, helped my dad stay here because I know some people whose parents haven't been mm-hmm. um, as lucky, and that's very rough to see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think is interesting is when you were talking about 
you know, going to family events and that sort of thing with your, your dad's unit and um, the involvement and, and just picking up where you left off with the kids or you, you witnessed, you know, maybe your mom picking up where she left off with, with a spouse or, um, you know, someone that she knew in the military, but the common link was definitely the military. Do you find that if you meet somebody new um, and you share that your parents served also, do you feel like that gives a little bit of an instant connection so that you have something to start the conversation with? I think so. It's definitely um, something that's like, oh, you know, my parents were in the military. My parents were in the military, too. So I think it's kind of like an immediate understanding of, uh, I know where you're coming from. And there's not necessarily a lot to talk about in that aspect because you kind of already know. Um, but you're, it's also like your lives are so heavily revolved around the military that now you guys you guys know that about each other and you're not necessarily going to talk about that in particular, the military aspect of things, but you're going to connect on other things maybe mm-hmm. so, and kind of give each other a, um, a time to relax from those stressors. Um, but then there are definitely times where we talk about things like that, talk about um, the difficulties or just memories in general and, and such. So, yes, it's definitely a connecting point, but sometimes mm-hmm. we don't want to get into all of it because we constantly hear about it. <laughs> yeah, understood. Well, do you feel that do you feel that your parents serving in the military have provided you with um, different opportunities, Chloe? Even even as a young adult, do you feel like it's it's uh, provided you with a different different opportunities to do things? I definitely think going back to that structure um, that that has offered me a lot in terms of my own. Um, characteristics, my own characteristics, characteristics have largely been drawn from my parents with the determination and the perseverance and the want that perfectionist kind of um, mindset kind of comes from that, but it's also, I think that mostly stems from just wanting to do your best. Mm -hmm. And always wanting to put 110% in. So I think that all is has helped me get a jump on certain opportunities that may have been offered to my peers that haven't had um, parents like this. And they might not be so concerned about jumping on something. I might be a little over-concerned, but because I have been jumping on opportunities and trying to do my best with each and every one of them. I have gotten ahead and I have gotten um, more knowledge and have gained so much more than what I would have if I just kind of stayed off to the side on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, well, this isn't on a, this isn't a question on our list, but um, are you, are you proud of your parents and their service, Chloe? 
I would say yes. Um, it takes very special people to do what both of them did, to devote so much time to care for not only their families by doing a job, but an entire country and fighting for something that um, not many people are willing to. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that takes very special people, very special personalities to do jobs like that. Um, definitely <clears throat> a lifestyle, not just a job. Yeah, great point. Great point. Um, well, we we talked about the importance of mental health and not only from the standpoint of our, you know, military service men and women uh, who are still active duty or if they're veterans, retirees, um, you know, I mean, we have a, a whole country that seems to be very challenged with with the mental health um, stigmas. And I feel like some of that is actually, you know, turning a corner um, in some instances. I think there's been a whole lot more awareness about the importance of mental health. But can you elaborate on what your thoughts are about that topic? I think something that you actually said in our um, conversation beforehand was, you know, all of our experiences are valid because they're our own. Um, and they all make up who we are. So <laughs> emphasizing more that they're valid and if they affect us in a negative fashion that affects us mentally, that's okay because that's a part of life and it should not be looked down upon or stigmatized, as you mentioned, or anything like that because it, it's natural and ignoring it is not going to make your life any better. It's not going to help those who are affected. And if you're going through it, most likely somebody else is going through it somewhere. You might not have the same exact experiences, but obviously you have something in common with somebody because it's natural, as I said, and that's not something we should be ashamed of, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But I understand that it's very hard when you have this mentality that comes from a lot of your parents if they're in the military that you want to give 110% and when you can't, that's devastating and it makes you feel lesser and you don't like that and you don't want to think about it like that. So it's, it's good to recognize the good and the bad and the balance in my opinion and that when bad is happening, you can't just ignore it and when good is happening, you can't just ignore it. You have to acknowledge both to have that balance in your life to be happy. Well, do you feel that mental health is equally as important for, you know, military children, young adults um, who may be approaching, you know, um, different challenges uh, than they did when when their parents actually served, but do you feel that Sometimes the experiences that children have during their parents' military service may present challenges for them later in life. I would I would say yes. Um, I think, though, it was beneficial for me to be around 
so many positive people in the situation where my dad was in the hospital. They were all still adults. So I didn't have exposure to many peers. And now I'm not as socially, I'm more socially awkward around my peers. And it's harder to get along with them sometimes because my mind is so, so much more on par with people of an older age with more maturity that sometimes it's uh, weird to look at my peers and think like what's going on in their head. That's, mm-hmm. that's a little inappropriate or, or maybe it's not inappropriate. I'm just not understanding it because I'm not on par with them so much. So that's, that's definitely had its effects on me. You know, people don't accept people who are socially awkward as well. Um, and that, that has ripple effects, but you kind of just learn how to cope with it and try to move on anyway. But yeah, I definitely think that people who are also in a similar situation have different things going on that wouldn't necessarily happen if they didn't have parents that served. And mm-hmm. it's not all negative, but there definitely are, is that good and bad mm-hmm. aspect to everything. Right. Well, what what has helped you through those those challenging times? I mean, you're very mature for your age, uh, Chloe, and I understand what you mean when you say, you know, you were kind of surrounded by adults for such a long time as a small child. So it you learn to kind of gravitate towards conversation that might be a little bit more mature, um, actions that may be a little more mature, you know, I mean, your environment has a lot to do with that. So how, what has helped you? I think honestly, just being open. Um, it's, it was very hard for me to be open for a long time as I was growing up because there are so many of these challenges coming, um, to me when I was young and I didn't have the vocabulary or I didn't have the right words in general to express what I felt. So as time went on, as I have more education, more exposure to life in general, I finally got, you know, opportunities to talk about things. And when I I got that opportunity, I think I seized it basically and just tried to be as open as I could to get out everything that was built up that I couldn't before. Um, And that seems just being open, like being open with my parents wasn't always um, the happiest. (laughs) It wasn't always the nicest scene because like there's some disagreement that's inevitably going to happen. There's some misunderstanding that's inevitably going to happen. But I think ultimately being open and sharing the things that I have has led to better understanding between all of us and our better relationship overall. And I think uh, going forward, it's more about um, being this unit that can move forward and also have each individual express themselves differently. And I think that's vital in other relationships in my life as well. Um, That's definitely been a part of how I talk to my friends, um, how I talk to significant others and, and stuff like that. I'm very open and I try not to ever let things build up because it's just detrimental. I've never found one time where it's been beneficial to allow things to build up. Sometimes it just happens and we have to deal with the consequences of that. But if you can avoid it, 
for your benefit and your benefit of and the benefit of the relationship, I think is especially important to be open. And same thing about mental health in general. Just being open is great. And I think it's very helpful for yourself and those around you. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, Chloe. Um, you you definitely have a very positive approach uh, to life, and you've um, allowed what you've experienced as a military child to follow you into your adulthood and as a college student and a thriving college student. So um, do you have any advice for children or maybe parents um, that are that are listening to this podcast? Um, <clears throat> I would say, again, being open is always something that's probably going to help everyone because especially with this mindset of trying to get things done by ourselves, a lot of times that's, we don't want to be a burden on other people or we don't want to weigh down other people. We want to be accountable for ourselves, but all the things that have happened to um, keep my dad here and to keep my family together, it, didn't go without help. <laughs> There's so many people, numerous people, so numerous, we can't name them all, um, that have helped that process and they will continue to help the process like you and uh, the foundation in general have helped our family largely to continue on this journey. So making connections um, and staying open is definitely something that I think is going to help everybody in these tough situations. And um, I think military kids should know that each one of their experiences are valid and that though each of our lives are not completely similar, um, our humanity and our shared experiences are what make us never truly alone in the world. And there are others um, that may feel that though they are that though they are going through tough situations, everybody or somebody has it worse than them and that they don't deserve anything for what they see is just living their life um, through these tough situations. But you do deserve this recognition and acknowledgement because you have had to adapt and grow and persevere through so many unique situations that are not common for many people to have, hence why they're unique. And with that, you also deserve to take care of your mental health and overall and overall well-being because that's a priority. Um, they're important parts. Each and every one of these people are important parts of the world, and they have so much to offer. So I definitely encourage them to find that balance in life where they and those around them can be happy. Very nice um, and very well said, Chloe. I think the overarching message here is is finding balance. And um, so thank you for that. No problem. Chloe, I'd love to ask a few questions at the very end that are a little bit lighthearted and fun and we and I do something called what is your favorite 
So I hope you're um, ready to to answer these questions. Um, they're not too hard, I promise. Um, what is your favorite food? I really enjoy, at the moment at least, a lot of Asian-style food, which includes sushi, homemade ramen, and teriyaki chicken. Mm. Kind of that general section of the world is very interesting to me, too. Okay, cool. Uh, um, do you have a favorite movie? Um... I actually enjoy a lot of war movies, I think, because of the, um, you know, the similar themes that come across. But I think one of my favorites would be actually The Goonies, which is another one of my dad's favorites, too. All right. And uh, how about a favorite quote or, or book? I, I really enjoy the quote. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step um, because that's, I think, helped me through a lot of the times where I feel stuck um, in my journey of life. And I have to be reminded, well, to get there, you have to take one step and then one after that. But you can take it one step at a time. Um, There are a lot of quotes also from my favorite book that I enjoy. So they're... They're too numerous to really mention, but that book is Fahrenheit 451, which I think is very applicable to today's world as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me the name of the book again. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. And um, one last one. Uh, How about a favorite hobby? I think that has to go back to art and music again. Um, as a as a little girl, I did want to be a singer, so I still sing sometimes, and I did a lot of choir in high school and musical. So definitely music always. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, Chloe, it has been a pleasure to talk with you today, and. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me and share in honoring our uh, military children out there and wish you the very, very best with your future endeavors. I believe there are so many great things that are ahead for you and, um, you know, just, just keep the positive attitude and it, you know, I don't know. You're just you're just a delight to talk to, and I wish you the very best, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, and thank you to everybody who has helped my family and I, um, including those I previously mentioned, and you yourself and the foundation. You all have been wonderful, and we wouldn't be where we are without all of you. Well, thanks, Chloe. Um, well... I can't wait to see what great things are in store for you, and I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Look forward to that, too. All right. Take care. You, too. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend. 